Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome back to another episode of the Career Contessa podcast, your shortcut to being more fulfilled, healthy, and successful at work. I'm your host, Lauren McGowan. If you feel like everywhere you turn, you're met with talk about a recession and inflation, you're definitely not alone. I feel it too. And being the proactive type A personality that I am, I want to know what should I be doing today to prepare for a recession? That's why I invited Galia Gishan and Susan Yegley of the Fiscal Firecrackers brand and podcast to the show. They're equal parts financial education and humor as we tackle this important topic today with some actionable next steps. And now this is the Career Contessa podcast. Hi, Susan Galia. Welcome to the show. Hi. Hi. Hi, Lauren. Hi, Lauren. It's great to be here. I love the energy for today's discussion. <laughs> I love it. But before we get into this whole recession talk thing, Susan, why don't you start by telling us a little bit about the journey to creating your guys' brand, the Fiscal Firecrackers, and, and what it's all about? Sure. Well, we are the Fiscal Firecrackers, and we are here to entertain, educate, and inspire everybody with their money. That's our passion. So, how this came up was really fascinating. My dear friend, Jill Lederman, who is a very accomplished late night executive producer for Jimmy Kimmel. She worked there for 14 years and with David Letterman and with Jon Stewart. She just reached out to me in the middle of COVID and sent a six-year-old Christmas card that I had sent them, <laughs> a text of it and said, I'm cleaning out my office. I found this Christmas card. What's going on with you? And I responded back, well, I just turned 50 and I'm trying to figure out the next 50 years. And she said, hey, how can I help? Do you want to talk? And I just get, I still get moved when I tell that story. It was very, very beautiful to have a friend reach out and want to dive deep with you. So Jill has a history of decades of mentoring women. And she said, hey, let's just talk about the next 50 years. And I've acted my whole life. And as you know, during the pandemic, acting pretty much came to a complete halt, unless I was doing a monologue for You've Got Mail in my vegetable garden that nobody was coming to. There was nothing going on. So I talked with Jill and she gave me a great exercise that she does with her mentees. And I started to highlight like what lights me up and what projects light me up and what people light me up. And I sent my list to her and what kept coming up for me 
was money and educating people about money and Susie Orman and entrepreneurs and business people. It just popped up like popcorn off my list. And Jill goes, look, I'm seeing a lot of overlap in here. There's a lot of this. And I have a friend from childhood named Galia. I've known her since I was five. She's a Wall Street whiz. (laughs) And she said, my parents are best friends with her parents. And let me just hook you up with her. So this is all going on during COVID. So we have a phone call. And I still remember I was in a hotel room in Nashville when I called you, Galia. And I said, hey, I'm, I'm a dear friend of Jill's. And you're like, hi, nice talking to you. I love Jill. <laughs> and from that connection, that phone call, we just started talking. And there was an immediate electricity. If this was a first date, we probably would have been engaged <laughs> by now. <laughs> There was a no, the baby oh, would have been would born. Have, we would have had the three baby. Or four children by now, Galia. <laughs> it was just love and it just it was she was so effusive and so helpful. And I said, gosh, I want to know money terms, but they're so out there for me. Or else there's these shows about money. It's two men screaming at me. And I just have had it. I, I don't understand it. Is there something we can do together? And we started talking, what would it be? And then we were talking to Jill about it. And Jill's got a brilliant husband, Rob Cohen, who's a a top shelf TV producer and director, incredible director who I worked with. And we all were talking and Rob's like, that's a podcast. And Golly and I are like, that's a podcast. So let's go with a podcast. And that's what we're doing. And we're the fiscal firecrackers. And we love talking about money in a really entertaining way and a way that it's relatable to everybody out there. Well, we're thankful for your service because we all need that. <laughs> well, and I, and I just want to add from my standpoint that I've, I have been working in money and financial literacy for a long time. I spent 10 years on Wall Street and I teach it, but it's kind of sometimes hard to get people to show up. Yeah, It's really like they know they want to do it. They know they should, but they still don't. So when I personally on my side, when I had the opportunity to work with Susan, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's going to be the secret sauce to get people to really, especially women to show up to their money. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's going to make it entertaining and they're going to relax about it. It's going to take the fear, which is something that I've been dealing with. Like, I'm like, I, if you build it, they were come, but they weren't come. I mean, they obviously were, I've been teaching for a long time, but I was like, this is really what's going to make it more approachable and fun. So that was such an opportunity for me. Yeah. Well, you mentioned fear about money, which is kind of perfect because there's a lot of talk about a looming recession. Some people say we're in it. Some people say it's coming. You know, basically it has us all worried about our finances. And I actually read a recent study that 74% of U.S. consumers are concerned about this. And that makes a lot of sense because it's going to impact us. I think anytime you have uncertainty and unknowns in front of you, it's scary. But when it impacts your money, that's really, really scary. So Galia, what, what do we need to know about a recession? Like, what should we be expecting is, you know, I guess, what is a recession? Because I I do think it, to your point, it's, I'm a little afraid, but also it's a little like, I don't know the answer and I can't sometimes get a straight answer. I feel like. Recession, first of all, is just when you have a temporary state of the economy declining and they really look at it as a, as long as it's happened within two quarters. So is the GDP is essentially following over two quarters. So that's over six months. So we are, I would say, close to that six-month mark. But I'm hearing, you know, I'm really, I'm not hearing, are we in a recession? I'm hearing we might be, we might be getting We're flirting closer. with it. So, 
Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The baby, you know, has not been born yet. And then in terms of like, how do you literally define inflation? Essentially, especially with growing inflation, it's really like an increase in prices, but yet the value of your money is decreasing. You know, milk used to cost $3 a gallon. Now it's costing four fifty dollars a gallon. So the price has gone up and then your money is now worth right. less. And we're not seeing that reflected in wages. It's not like no. everyone got a 7% raise. Well, it's not catching yeah, up. Yeah, exactly. It's not catching up. Like you might be getting a 3% increase, but inflation is like 9 point right. something percent. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. I did. I wrote an article earlier this year to kind of figure out like, what is the average raise? And I know when I worked at like a very, it was like higher education. So it was like very standard for the raise. We got 2.5%. And that was like really low. And then I read that the standard or like the national average is like, I think it was like three, maybe max 4%. And I was like, that is so crazy low. But I I was also from the mindset of like hearing 7% for inflation at the time, you know? And so it's anyway, to your point, your dollar is doing less for you right now because we have such high inflation. Right. And, and I have been working with, first of all, I have been working in the markets since 1988 when I was in college getting a financial degree. And I literally worked on Wall Street in 1997. I worked in, you know, 2000 in the dot-com bust. So I have definitely dealt with that. So, and I found that if people could make a move and do something with their finances, they felt better right away. It's like your shoulders went down. So that's our goal for today is to give you some things that you can do right away that you just feel like you're in control of and feel that you can do something about. Yeah, I think people feel like when you know something is coming your way, you don't know like how hard it's going to hit you, whatever. I think feeling like you're being proactive makes you feel significantly better. Now let's try to help them by narrowing down the list of all the things, you know, the could be, should be's and things like that. So, and I know you did put together a list for us. So let's just go through it and start with, with number one. So that's lower your credit card debt and interest rate. So can you talk a little bit about that? How do we do it? You know, why do we do it? Things like that. So what you're going to find right now is that if you are carrying credit card debt, that interest rate might start to increase because interest rates are rising. Or you might not even be aware that you're paying such a high interest rate. And so maybe your payments, like I was literally working with a client the other day and her payments started increasing because it was a variable rate Mm. and she wasn't even aware of it. So I'd even say, let's take a step back and really see how much debt do you have? What is the interest rate? Like first find what those numbers are because it's so much easier to bury your head in the sand. Is it all debt or just credit card debt? You know, I would say all debt. I mean, I wouldn't focus so much on paying student loan debt and a mortgage debt down faster, but I would really focus on paying off your credit card debt if you can. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But you should find out what all that debt is. Absolutely. Make sure you pay off your bookies in Vegas too, because they, they need to eat. (laughs) And with your note about the credit card debt and the interest rate, how do you find out if your credit, like what your credit card interest rate is and if it's variable, do you just like log in or can you call them? How do you, how do you do that? You know, both, it should show up on your statement. It might not show up if it's variable in your statement, they're just going to have the most recent interest rate. So, and, and I don't see many variable. I just happen to have seen a client who had variable, or maybe you have like a 0% card that jumps up to 15%. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's going to show up on your statement, but I would still call, especially if you've transferred balances and you're not sure about it. You know, I I still pick up the phone. I mean, granted it's a cell phone, but I still pick up the phone. I still think we get more on the phone sometimes. 
Hey, this is Alexis Haynes. Join me every Monday for a new episode of my podcast, Recovering From Reality. Whether you're on the road to recovery, seeking self-care techniques for surviving the capitalist machine, or just need a moment to remember that you're not alone in your loneliness, I'm here to deliver intimate conversations and expert insights to empower you on the road towards authentic wellness. So are you ready to recover from reality? Mm-hmm. And can you ask them, like, can you say, I want to negotiate a lower rate? Absolutely. Oh, okay. Absolutely. I mean, I have, you're the client mm-hmm. and the answer is no until you ask. Absolutely. And in fact, that's one of my big tips. Call them and say, I want a lower rate. I want better terms. If not, I'm going to take my business elsewhere. Absolutely. You know, I sometimes say pour a big glass of wine or a big cup of tea because you might be on the phone a while, but absolutely. That's one thing them. that Galia taught me is that if I'm ever late with a bill and I haven't been in forever, thank God, but I was late with my American Express bill when our son was born because my head was exploding and I was upside <laughs> down every day. She said I could have called American Express and just said, hi, just want to let you know I had a baby and I maybe I could have the breast pump in the background. <laughs> and I, I could just say, hey, I'm going to be a couple of days late. I can't get to the mailbox and throw that in the mail. I'm sorry. I'm just overwhelmed. Like there are human beings behind these phones. And Galia's taught me through her brilliance that we are the client. They want us. They don't want me hopping over to MasterCard or Visa or something else. They want me at that company. So we have power. Yeah. And you can always just pick up that phone and talk to someone and tell them your story. Yeah, no, that's a that's a really good tip. And I know your other tip was to consolidate your debt by finding a lower interest credit card at bankrate.com. Yeah, and... There's, there's so many great credit card websites. Bankrate to me is sort of like the, the grandmother of the personal finance sites. I just find them very comprehensive. I mean, they do have good articles, but they're just a great resource to find new credit cards, student loans, checking accounts, savings accounts. I still keep going back there. But at the end of the day, you want to find, especially if you're carrying debt, just lock in a low enough interest rate. Mm-hmm a fixed interest rate. Okay. And your next tip is to increase the interest rate of your savings. So explain that in like layman's terms. Cause I, the only thing I worry about is making sure people understand savings versus debt versus interest rate. So describe what we're talking about specifically with that. Well, Susan, why don't you answer that first? Cause I feel like you're going to have something oh, funny to say about like savings versus debt. I don't, all I know is <laughs> I, in my twenties, I blew so much money on Pac-Man, Pop Rocks, and Parachute Pants. And I don't know if anybody (laughs) out there can relate to me, but I wish I had known Galia then because I was not saving in my 20s. And I wish I had, because here's a statistic I learned. This is so awesome. Okay, let's say you have an eight-year-old, right? You take $6,000, if you're lucky enough to have that money, and you put $6,000 into an eight-year-old's saving account, right? And you never open it again. You never add a penny. You never even talk about it. Those statements just go in a drawer with your old pantyhose, okay? When that child turns 68 years old, he or she will open up that account and there will be $1 million in that account. That's compound interest and that is saving. That is savings. And Golly has taught me that. Just start early, everybody. Don't do what I did. Right. In my 20s, I started saving in my 30s. Yeah, it would have been a lot better if at 19, you know, Golly at 19 was investing in her 401k <laughs> and I was buying nipple tape. 
<laughs> I was. I was buying nipple tape. <laughs> start early. I, I was buying. I was buying mutual funds. Yeah. I and and, and by the way, and I didn't come from money. It wasn't like it was given to me. I just learned it and started doing it. So the, you know, the difference between saving is like when you have any money that you get from a paycheck or any income, you're actually putting it in a separate area and not spending mm-hmm. it right away. So, and a debt is essentially when you owe somebody money. So it's, you're not even spending money that you have. You're spending money you don't right. have. And with savings, you have a couple options, right? Like you, you can put it in just like your, you know, there's their, your checking account, your savings account, there's high yield savings account. So right. can you talk about the, some of those right. options and, and why it matters for your preparation? <laughs> Yes. Yes. So I would say, first of all, do something with it. Mm-hmm. The, the worst, and I work with a lot of freelancers that, you know, get paid on a project basis. So they might not work for three months and then they get a big check and they would just leave it in their checking account and not do anything with it. So the first thing is do something with your money. Don't just leave it in your checking account for two reasons. One is it's not earning interest. You're not making any money. So right now with inflation so high, you're actually losing money over time. But second of all, is just you're less likely, less likely to save it and more likely to spend it. Because let's face it, we usually spend yeah, what's you in see our it, checking you spend account. it. Mm-hmm. That's like, that's right. right. And I'm, I'm pretty disciplined and I'm, I'm like that. So I started doing that, just like putting it in another account. So this, the second best is if you're going to, you could open a savings account at your bank that's a good option. It's not a great option. And here's why I don't love it is that number one, I'm cheap. So they're not paying a high interest rate. The, you know, the bigger banks where you might have a checking account, their savings accounts are really, really low. And then the second reason is, which I know we're not going to the ATM as much, but have you ever gone to the ATM and it says, where would you like the money from checking or savings? And you're like, Ooh, checking's a little low. Like yeah. it's easier to get to. And again, I just want to make it harder to get to. So you save more. <laughs> it's a good point. And then the third option is these high yield savings accounts that are online. And I'll just start by saying they are as safe as a savings account at your bank because they're FDIC insured, which is the number one component. But because they're online and they're not a bricks and mortar account, they're able to pay a higher interest rate. And so they're paying a significantly higher interest rate than your local bank or even like the big, big mm-hmm. commercial banks. And the the difference is if you invest your savings into, you know, a 401k or IRA, you can't touch it for a while. But if you put it into a high yield savings account, you get the interest, but you can also access right. the money if for some reason your car breaks down or you lose your job tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I look at savings as kind of like three buckets. Mm-hmm. So the first is just like your emergency, what I call sleep at night money. Like, you know, and right now I'd probably want to have a year's worth of expenses in savings and my sleep at night money, just a like year. your emergency fund. That's what we all hear that yeah, term rainy day okay. emergency. Okay. You know, I just call it, I can sleep at night. I'm like, okay, if I get, you know, I work for myself, if nobody calls me tomorrow for the next six months, I, I'm still able to pay my rent. Do you my keep that in your high yield savings account? Okay. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then fast forward. And then I go to my retirement account. So that's my third bucket. And then I can't touch till I'm 59 and a half, which is in 40 years. That's right. I didn't mean to laugh. I'm sorry. I'm just earnestly <laughs> no. listening. I just wanted to see if anybody was listening. Yeah. I'm just <laughs> so that's money that I can't touch. And that is 100% invested mm-hmm. at a mutual fund company like a Fidelity or Vanguard. Okay. It is for the long term. I haven't changed it because of what's going on. I'm still in it for the long haul. Keep doing what you're doing for the mm-hmm. long haul. Yeah. Don't change. So your preparation for a recession is almost like, 
for the retirement account advice piece is like, just keep doing what you're doing. Um, yeah. And if anything, if you can buy more because the market is down. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. If you can afford it, increase your 401k by 1%. Yeah. Or put a little bit more into your SEP IRA. Cause like you're buying your, it's, it's on sale. Yeah. It's a discount. Oh yeah. I was going to say someone texted me the other day. They're like the stock market's on sale. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I know. Right. I know. Bloomies that's is having right. a 70% sale. off the lowest price. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's like prime yeah. day. Well, yeah. Somebody told me this. I love this is that the only way you get hurt on a roller coaster is if you hop off. Yeah. That's a good point. I love that. Yeah. That's a good way of thinking about oh, it. Oh my God. I love Stay that. Strapped in, go through the loop-de-loos right. and go upside down. We're all gonna, yeah, God knows we've been through two years of craziness, right? Stay on the roller coaster, baby. See what happens. What about if you are, let's say you're fully contributing to your retirement, but you're, you haven't fully funded that one year emergency fund. And you're like, look, in order to prepare for the recession, what if I lose my job? Should you lessen your contributions to retirement and increase your contributions to the emergency fund? It's a really, really great question. I'm I'm a big fan of moderation. So yeah, if you are really nervous and you don't have a lot of cash and you want a bigger paycheck, sure. Lower, decrease your 401k. Just don't stop. Yeah. Okay. That's my big thing. Don't stop. Well, and I'm thinking too, you know, especially, I mean, we have been hearing about a lot of layoffs and there are people who you know, that could be very real because they're in an industry that maybe is similar to the ones that they're seeing layoffs for. And that's their biggest concern is I don't want to not be able to find a new job or I don't want to not be able to pay my bills. And I can't, I can't tell my landlord, but I've got a great retirement account. Like that isn't, you know, unfortunately that doesn't (laughs) pay the rent. Too bad you can't tattoo that on your shoulder. Look at this. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I know. It's so true. and, And I will say, and I look at a lot of people's statements, it's usually correlated. Like if you have a good 401k, you probably have some good savings. Mm-hmm. Like I, I rarely see someone who's got like an amazing 401k, but no cash. Yeah. Money. How you do one thing is how you do everything. And you're probably not late with your bills and you probably have paid off credit cards and all right. that. Right. Yeah. Right. So if you have to pick one right now, you would say focus on lowering the debt and getting that emergency fund first. Right. Okay. Right. But still contribute to a retirement plan, even if it's 20 bucks a month. I was going to say, even if it's like, like five, 10, yes, 20. Okay. Yes, yes, Just keep doing it. It's just a habit. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, it's like, I'm not going to eat healthy for the next six months. Okay, I'll just eat, you know, hamburgers and French fries. Or, you know, to me, money is just like a habit of like food or exercise or spirituality or, you mm-hmm. know, just keep doing it. Just even yeah. if it's a little bit, like just go for a walk. Around yeah. The block. And for the <laughs> listeners, the reason why you're saying that is because of this thing called compounding interest. So it's like, you don't want you know, Susan, your story about going back to the eight-year-old, like part of this financial game is to keep doing, even if it's a little bit consistently, as long as you can, right? Time is also part of the strategy. Right. And, and I also think that what I do see is that very often when you stop, it's kind of, you forget about it and then you don't go back into it. It's just, I mean, I've seen it over and over and over. My clients that just stop, just do not like, you know, and then they forget and then life goes on. And then you're like, oh my gosh, I haven't contributed to a Roth and my Roth IRA in two mm-hmm. years. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Let's go into your third tip on how to prepare for a recession, which is to find savings on the big ticket items. Can you talk a little bit about those? You definitely like, there's nothing more rewarding than saying, oh, I saved $50 at the grocery store or, you know, but, but my gosh, like if you can find something big to change in your life, that's like thousands of dollars. And I just did that. I moved, but even so, so, and I was actually just going to use my same insurance broker who I love, I love, but I thought, let me just call somebody else. And it was a $2,000 annual. Wow. Wow. $2,000. That's a lot of lip gloss. It's a, I know. 
Dang it, Dahlia. Your lips are going to be covered with all that mm, body bag lip gloss. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I think if there's something, you know, we I'm seeing clients consolidate cars, going from two cars to one cars. I mean, Susan, you've got... Yeah, I want to talk about that. So I know, I think about five or six families that are doing this now, ever since 2020. And I've got the stats on it for one of my friends told me what she's doing. So they've gone from a two-car family to a one-car family. So her lease was $628 a month. So that's $7,536 a year. Gas was used to be $160 a month. So you times 12, you got that. So she did the math and also insurance. She and her husband are saving between $15,000 and $20,000 a year now by letting go of that second car. And most importantly, drum roll, they don't miss it one bit. Yeah. Not at all. They don't miss this, this car. Yeah. It's, they found that they both work from home and then they can use one car. Can you imagine 15 to $20,000? And I wouldn't even put car washes on there, but she's a very dirty girl and she doesn't ever wash her car. (laughs) Well, also when you said the gas was 120 or whatever a month, I was like, that was probably back in 2020 also. Right, not Los Angeles. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. But but just looking, so we're probably looking at more of the number closest to $20,000 a year to give up a second car. Yeah. It's incredible. And to not miss it. And also if the situation does arise during the week or during the month where they need another car, just Uber. Yeah. Uber's like 12 bucks. And what I love it as an actor is I get a great story mm-hmm. from the Uber driver. I have met <laughs> fascinating people. Yes. I met someone in Nashville who lives on the grid. Right. Off, off the, the grid. grid. <laughs> Dolly, what is it? Okay. <laughs> off the grid. He showers oh, in his God. own rainwater and he works eight days a month. Like there's the stories from some Uber drivers. They're fascinating. Some <laughs> of them will sing to me if they're Broadway singers and they will sing the whole drive. Like it is so much fun. My husband and I cannot do that. We have, we're two-car family. We have to have two cars, but I love hearing the stories of the one-car families right now. They're loving it. They're loving the Uber experience. So that's a really great thing you can mm-hmm. do during the recession to find a boatload of money right and I, there. In yeah. fact, not only yeah. I had a client, they, they were also a two-car family. They couldn't give it up, but they had a really expensive lease, which she's like, why'd we do it? Why'd we do it? And I was like, you're not married to the lease. She's like, no, we kind of are. I'm like, you're not. Call them up and see what you can do. By the way, with the car shortage, she was able to get out of the lease. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. They're, aching, yeah, they're begging yeah. for cars right now. So I was saying, I want to ask you both with that $20,000 that my friend is saving, or many of my friends are saving, Lauren and Galia, what would you do with that 20000 a year? I mean, I'm such a saver. I'd probably just, to Galia's point, I'd probably make sure I'm maxing out retirement, put it somewhere else, probably buy one nice thing. I don't know. I, you know, I now work from home. I feel like I stay close to home. So all these things of like big expenses also have like, I've like reevaluated that kind of stuff too. I think it's actually working from home has been really good for my yeah. finances. Yeah. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Yeah. And you know, I think yeah. Susan, what I would do and, I, and Lauren, you actually said something which I really appreciate is that sometimes when you get like a big windfall like that, Yes, of course, if you have a mortgage, put some towards your mortgage, put some towards your college, yeah. kids' college if you've got children, you know, definitely like, you know, beef up your emergency savings, pay off most of your debt, but, but treat yourself, like put something in there to treat yourself. Like, 
you know, yeah, even baby. if it's just like getting a yeah. really fancy manicure that you wouldn't get or, or going out for, you know, going yeah. to Whole Foods and saying, I'm going to not look at the prices and buy everything, <laughs> you know, doing like just. I had a friend who her treat herself thing was she's like, I always wanted to go to this psychic. It was like some whatever celeb psychic. It was like $500 for like a 30 minute session. That was her treat herself. I was like, that is a new take on yes, yourself. Yes. I, I hear the manicure, you know, I hear the, the spa day, but your that friend one, is my friend. Yeah, that I thought sounds it was like great. Good. And did the psychic predict that your friend would be coming back in a week to spend five hundred dollars <laughs> yeah. more? I'm sure she did. I'm sure she told her she had. It's to. not in the budget. Um, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, that's one thing I love about Golly is she's always about take a little lane of that money. So of course we're going to give to charity. We're going to save, but find that little crumb of it that you that delights you and lights you up. For me, that would be to go to a vintage store and buy a ball gown from 1940 <laughs> or something that Doris Day wore or Debbie Reynolds wore or Ginger Rogers wore. Some kind of little ball gown thing. And then the rest I would, yeah. yeah. Charity, saving, all that. But one more question, Golly. How would we turn that 20K into a million dollars? What would be the smartest thing to do with that money? So if you don't need the money now, the really the best two ways is to put it in the market or real estate and or real estate. Oh, real like a down payment by, by a home. Yeah. A yeah. I mean, a- study after study shows that, and I'm I'm talking about middle class people that own a home have a higher net worth. So I'm talking about if you don't own a home, make it a priority to buy a home. And while interest rates have gone up, they're at five percent. My first mortgage was seven percent. There's still relatively inexpensive. And if anything, I'm reading that the real estate prices are softening a little bit. So sales are softening just a smidge. I'm reading that as well. So, you know, if you don't own a home, make it a priority to own a home. You're getting an asset, you're building equity and you're feeling wealthier. Like you're buying, you know, if you've Mm -hmm. got kids, you're looking for good school districts. Like you just, there's, there's so much, you know, obviously don't get in over your head. Don't, don't look at it as speculative, but then also the stock market. I mean, this S and P 500 returns eight, nine, 10% on an annualized basis over the long term. Mm -hmm. So for this tip about saving on big ticket items, essentially go through all your expenses and don't be afraid to call because you can bundle insurance and save. You can talk to your mortgage people. Okay. So look at all those things. We're not talking about things that are hundred dollars a month. We're talking about the big ticket items. Yeah. You're going to feel amazing. I mean, you know, I'll admit it. One year I went with Geico, the car insurance. I was like, oh, call them. Why not? They were great. And they were cheaper. They Mm -hmm. were. I know. I was like, I can't believe I'm buying car insurance from a lizard, but you know, it worked. Yeah. Yeah, It works. Advertising. Yeah. Yeah. So as we wrap up, what would you say is your last and final tip for how to prepare financially for a recession. We won't talk about the mental part of it. (laughs) You know, I I would say that, you know, we talked a lot about savings. I would say, you know, just keep investing your 401k. And then I would say just, I don't want you to take advantage of a recession, but there are businesses, there are industries that thrive in a recession, you know, such as healthcare, grocery stores, senior services. So whether you're just looking to invest in things like that, or maybe get a job in that area. So like, let's, you know, what do we still need? Like, you know, sadly, we still need medicine. We still need pharmaceuticals. We still need hospitals. Like, you know, we're still going to the grocery store. It's costing us, but we're still, we're, you know, we might be going to stop and shop instead of Whole Foods or things like that. So whether you need a new job, you want to look for a job or you want to invest or you want to find an opportunity in there, that could be some way to just kind of like yeah. find the silver lining in this recession. Because there's always going to be a need for clowns at birthday parties. <laughs> and I was reading in a magazine that that is a job where seniors or people that want to supplement their income can do on weekends. It's a great little (laughs) job. 
be a clown at a birthday party, drive Uber, babysit children. I mean, there's a lot of great lanes out there, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. To, to carry you through a recession. I have seen a lot of advice about find ways to supplement your income with things that you can kind of do, you know, with a flexible schedule to your point, driving Uber. I, I do think people get really creative during this time too. And if you're concerned, I, I agree with all these tips, but I also think just knowing where your money is, like how much is coming in, how much is going out. You, you know, Susan, you said in the very beginning about control. I, th- I think that is really empowering. Also, we can't stop the recession bus from, from coming through our town, you know, but we can feel like, okay, I at least know where things are before, you know, something might impact me and maybe you'll be lucky enough and you're not impacted. But I do think, I think no matter what, everyone is feeling an impact because of just inflation. So, you know, regardless if you lose your job or not, I know you said at the moment, the jobs report is still really good, but I mean, look at what happened in COVID. It was bad. It was good. You know, I work with a lot of freelancers and, you know, artists such as Susan and literally like I was doing workshops for this group in New York, the freelancers union and people had zero work. And what was helpful was to look at the next three months. Yeah. And that actually gave people like, all right, so what's my three months? What what income do I know is yeah. coming in for the next three months? What are my expenses for the next three months? What's in my savings account? Okay, let me, you know, really like, so today we're in July. Like, how am I doing until October? Okay, and then I'll deal with it in October. So just kind of like yeah. bite-sized, manageable. Yeah, I love the phrase half a day at a time because mm-hmm. sometimes a day at a time is too hard, but yeah. just half a day. Okay, how am I going to get to, let's see, four o'clock. Yeah. All right, <laughs> I think I can get to four o'clock, right? Yeah, absolutely. Size. I think also if you don't have to do those big ticket items, maybe hold off, you know, especially if you feel like you're super anxious or worried about it. Don't don't add to your anxiety by, you know, pushing the limits with something. So, well, this is fantastic. And obviously, if people want to learn more financial advice and, and get some tips, you guys are the fiscal firecrackers. Where else can people find you, follow up with you guys, your education, all the good things? Sure. Well, thanks so much, Lauren. And I just want to say thank you for having us. And I love your website and I love the work you're doing. And I've been perusing your website and it's so helpful. I've already texted a family member who's on the job search right now to tell her about it and just said, you got to go and see Lauren's work. So thank you for all you're doing. And um, so Golly and I and Jill created the Fiscal Firecrackers. You can go to www.fiscalfirecrackers.com is our website. We also are on Instagram at Fiscal Firecrackers. My site, personal site, is at Suki Yegley and at Pages and More is Galia's. And Jill Lederman's is on there as well. Galia, any other sites that we can discuss? No, just we are releasing a new podcast every week and we actually list all the tips in our podcast on our website. So FiscalFirecrackers.com. Oh, yeah, perfect. so we're really throw in. And then if you follow us on Instagram, we actually give you like a minute snippet to listen to. So we're, we're giving you lots of fun, informative information. Free content, baby. And yes. that podcast drops every Friday on wherever you get your podcast. It's everywhere. Amazing. Well, thank you, you guys. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Career Contessa podcast. Please remember to rate and review our show. It really does help us so much. If you want to learn more about the Fiscal Firecrackers, I've included their links in the show notes. And don't forget to subscribe to their podcast.